Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I am Bill Knight. By the way, happy Groundhog Day. What's that little fart going to do today, you know? Is it Groundhog Day? I haven't been paying attention. February 2nd, right? Yep, that's true. Yeah, it's Groundhog Day, and kind of like Groundhog Day, the news just keeps repeating itself. Over the same and over. Crap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was a funny movie, though. You have to build Murray. Yeah. We kept waking up to the same the same day over and over again. Uh, well, when you live in a woke world, how do you think Donald Trump feels? Oh. You know, Mar-a-Lago is back in the news, you know, where the, you know, undisclosed sources. I always love that. Undisclosed yeah. sources say yes. there was a closet and a hidden room that the FBI didn't search. No, they were too busy going through Melania's underwear to even recognize <laughs> that there was another room. And even so, yeah. they didn't find anything of, of significance. But uh, Well, did you hear it. what happened in the, uh, the, I guess it was the New York case, you know, with Engeron? They were supposed to come out with some kind of a decision this week. And it was, it was put aside because some other judge sent a letter to Engeron and supposedly she's like an overseer of the financial, the Trump financial empire or something like that. And they're, now the reporters are saying she may have found something else, you know, and she's bringing it to the attention of the judge. But my question is, wait a second. That's the, the kind of case is over. The case, not only that, but the case, if, the, if there's new evidence, uh, don't you have to have both sides in the room when the evidence is presented? Well, yes, that would be I mean, a standard procedure, but uh, these are not standard times. Uh, look, everything goes through the Biden administration, and it, it comes from them. Look at the steel. You know, with that, there's uh, mm -hmm. steel dossier news, too. But you know, Oh, my anyway. gosh, the steel dossier, an oldie but a goodie. Um, you know what? It's inter interesting. Uh, think about this, friends, okay? We have a society right now where uh, if you are a pro-life uh, supporter and if you go to an abortion clinic and you peacefully sit down in front of the, uh, the clinic and sing religious songs trying to encourage young women to not have an abortion, you can be arrested, you can be taken to court, and now face as much as 11 years that's right, 11 years in prison for singing peacefully uh, and protesting abortion. That being said, you can be an illegal uh, who comes into this country, who goes to the city of New York, and because you have a lot of free time and more, more money than brains in your pocket, uh, you end up going out with your friends and beating the living daylights out of two police officers, they then they then arrest you. I mean, they detain you. They bring you to the station, and then they decide to release you because you're illegals and, you know, oh, yeah. you're illegals. I mean, that's hey, it. There's no laws against illegals here, so they can pee on the streets. Well, and you know they what happened? Speed, they can do whatever they want. They what, can steal. One of the, the illegals is seen in a, a picture. He's from Venezuela. You know, he comes out of the, the uh, precinct and he flips the camera, the press, uh, a double bird, you know, one on each oh, hand. Nice guy. Yeah, and, and that's what you see on the front cover of the New York Post and uh, the other New York uh, newspapers. He flips off like, ah, I'm entitled. I don't have to worry about this. By the way, uh, a couple of the, 
the illegals they detained decided, you know, yeah. I'm not going to come back to the hearing. I know I have to supposedly come back to a hearing, but I'm an illegal and I'm entitled and I don't need to. So I think I'm going to get on a bus and go to California and just ignore the whole thing. That's what. It, so so we have Americans who protest because it's supposed to be their right to protest. They protest uh, abortion and they face 11 years in jail. And by the way, if they have to face 11 years in jail for protesting uh, peacefully, then the the pro Hamas protesters who blocked all of the highways going into Washington D.C. yesterday, right? Shouldn't they? Mm-hmm. Shouldn't they be arrested and face 11 years in jail too? I mean, I'm just saying on a fair, even playing field. If you're going to start arresting peaceful protesters uh, who protest one thing, shouldn't you be arresting the peaceful protesters who are doing other things? And I would. I would submit to you that the protests in Washington were far more volatile and violent yeah. than the ones in the abortion clinic because they blocked highways, ambulances couldn't get through, people couldn't get to work, appointments were missed because they blocked the roads. Well, I hate to say this. I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. probably in some societies or some circles, I'll be poo pooed and uh, could get Oh, in trouble yes, for probably it, a lot of circles. <laughs> you know, but well, go for square, it, Bill. Circles, heck, you know, <laughs> yeah, and whatever, go for it. You know, well, you know the Biden administration when they put somebody into power or check somebody into power, they mm-hmm. check off a box. So you get all these woke people, and we put these woke people in power to where they get to make the rules and whatnot, and all the rules are stacked in their favor. I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast or after the show yesterday, but you know, in Iowa now, you know. Your uh, your identity, your sexual identity, is now a civil oh I, right yeah, yeah to have. So I'm sitting there going, this is kind of crazy that they've got certain, you know, there are certain civil rights, mm-hmm. and it's going to get to the point to where you talk out against them, or you say something funny against them. It's a violation of their civil rights, and you can Yet go to jail. Yeah, you can go to jail. Yet they can stand on the sidelines and throw tomatoes at you and sit there and call you all kinds of names. Is that a not not a violation of my civil rights? You see, where a uh, well, I mean, you see, a Colorado resident was kicked out of a city council meeting for misgendering. And what does for that mis- mean? That means that he didn't call somebody who wanted to be called something else what they wanted to be called. I guess. Well, you know. you know what? Maybe you need to wear a badge. And because there's so many identities, mm-hmm. all right, that are out there, it's hard to know. You can't just look at somebody and assume an identity. So maybe they should get a badge and maybe have an all-encompassing word, like a power word, that that groups it all together, mm. like fruitcake. I'm a fruitcake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, yesterday... Joe Biden was speaking in front of uh, some UAW workers in up in Michigan, and when he got there, there were protesters. These, by the way, they weren't protesters. You would have thought initially that they were uh, pro-union protesters who were protesting something to do with union, but no, they were pro-Hamas protesters, of course, and they were protesting Biden. But apparently he got a little rowdy, and they sent in 
the Riot Squad. I mean, full oh, nice. full gear. You know, you don't hear much about this. You know, you, the helmets, the bulletproof vests, the riot shields, all that stuff. They came in to uh, protect the president, which is good because the president should be protected. But I don't. I didn't hear about any arrest. I didn't hear about them going to jail and possibly facing eleven years for uh, threatening the president. I mean, if you think about it, what's more, what's more um, upsetting? Uh, people singing "Kumbaya" on the floor in front of a uh, abortion clinic, peacefully and praying. I mean, they were praying too. Can you imagine that? The audacity oh. of these people—they were praying. How dare they? What's more? What's worse, that or uh, getting a little rowdy and th- to a point where they felt that the president of the United States might be in in jeopardy? I mean, that to me is uh, more of a protest. And but I didn't hear about anybody getting arrested. Nothing. And Bill, I'm I'm really concerned about tomorrow. A lot of people are saying, well, "What's tomorrow? Oh, Tomorrow's yeah. Saturday. What happens on Saturday?" And I can understand you not really paying attention to this because the media has kind of downplayed it. Like, ah, is there's going to be a truck rally down at the border. I think was it four hundred thousand people or something. Well, some that was on Monday, but you know, I understand the number has grown. You got the bikers going down. They're poo-pooing the bikers too. You know, oh, they're, they're, they're just on a motorcycle. It's not a big truck. It's just a little two-wheeler. We can't count yeah. them. Get a hundred thousand motorcycles, you'll <laughs> think different. Yeah. And, but you know, they're, they're going out. Well, you know, these guys had a, uh, a group and they've gone through all their money trying to play security guard. And you know what? You know, but they're they're a good bunch of guys. Mm-hmm. You know, now each of them could sit there and say, "I'll chip in twenty dollars myself to the cause," and you know what? You know, a lot of conservatives would give them money because as long as they're not out there breaking arms and legs and doing things like that, they can you know send a bad signal or anything like that. But they're out supporting, you know the, the you know the but, fight. But don't right you fight. think that the uh... Uh, the same bad people, and I think that uh, look at I, I'm one of those. Uh, the left cons- has got bad people. And, I, yeah, they I'm one of punch to yeah. start a fight. I'm one of those crazy conspiracy theorists who happens to believe that uh, what you've been told about January 6th isn't the whole story. That uh, uh-huh. I'm I'm of the belief that there were instigators uh, in the crowd, people who pushed a narrative, and they got that narrative uh, to play out. Uh, I, I think I think that happened. I think that they they probably see the border situation as a similar opportunity. Let's put it this way. I, I applaud the people who are going down to the border. I think they're very courageous people. They're true Americans. They're going down to peacefully demonstrate their support of a secure border. They're not going down to cause trouble. What I'm afraid of is they're going to be infiltrators. Yeah, they're going to be infiltrators. Yeah, there. But you know, I think there's a certain amount of people now. They're fed up, uh, and they're going. They don't care anymore. They're just going to go on down there and show their support for decency. But the decency will be uh, interrupted by mayhem that is brought on by plants that are there because it always happens. And the news will predict it, and it will go just as predicted. How did they know unless they had the script right in front of them? Yeah. You know, well, they had You notice the how they seem to have the cameras in the right spot, Bill? 
It's amazing, isn't it? You know, I, I don't know how they do that in the media, but they always seem well, to have, they a, have camera. a psyche. Yeah. They have a psyche there that, that, that has a crystal ball. You will put your cameras right yeah. over on that corner because a fight will break out right before your very eyes. That's <laughs> true. You know? Oh, God. Well, um, they also, uh, I guess they're going to be at Eagle Pass. They're going to be in Tucson. They're going to be in San Diego tomorrow, the uh, the people who, the truckers. Uh, I, I applaud them. I think it's amazing. They're going to be down there with their rigs. That can't be cheap to be driving those things down to the border. And they're probably doing well, it on their yeah, own dime. I mean, yeah, a couple of miles to the gallon. Yeah. And you know they're doing it on their dime. Yep. So, you know, it's look, they're investing in what they believe in. And God bless them. I think it's great. Nikki Haley, you know, she can't she can't pass a podium. Yeah. And so she she makes news by going, well, you know, if Texas wants to succeed uh, from the union, it's their right. They have the right. You're damn right, Nikki. They do. But why are you in this? Because you are you have no path to win. You're blowing all this money, but you're going to take it right down to the wire. And, you know, we're going to get to Nikki's Nikki's political future is like the Japanese lunar lander. It's upside down. She is you know, she is um, supposedly being supported by a lot of Democratic uh, mm-hmm. in you know money people because they want they, they want her to win the Republican nomination because she will upset and hurt Donald Trump you know and and the people who support Donald Trump I don't understand where she thinks there's a path to victory because God forbid even if something were to happen to Trump uh, I think a lot of people would then turn to one of the candidates who suspended their candidacies, you know, like a, a, a Ron DeSantis or, a, yeah. yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why they suspend it and don't end it. They suspend it because I, it leaves them the option that if the circumstances change, they can re-enter the, uh, you know, the election. And people may say, well, they won't have the delegates. Well, let's say hypothetically uh, Trump has all the delegates and then something would have happened to him, God forbid, Right. Well, mm-hmm. then those those dele- those delegates they're in limbo. He they so all the other candidates have as much of an opportunity to go for those those delegates, you know, as mm-hmm. Nikki Haley. She doesn't inherit them because she's the last one standing, from what I understand. So, uh, um, and and I think I, I think Trump is significantly ahead so far, so much so that uh, people are saying that it's a slam dunk in in South Carolina, and that's the mm-hmm. state. Where she was the the governor, you know, people say, "Well, shouldn't she have the edge in South Carolina?" She was the governor, but a lot of people probably aren't crazy about how she handled the governorship in South Carolina. Don't think that all the people in South Carolina are, uh, you know, happy she's running because she was such a great governor. I'm just saying. Um, so we got to look for this weekend. We got to look at what's happening on the border. That's that's scary. I also heard something yesterday, which I haven't been able to find any more details on it. But I think I heard it from a reputable source. So I'm going to just say that if if this is so, uh, this shows you what kind of administration you have right now, that they have sanctioned Texas for their participate participation in uh, their the border situation for their stance in the border situation. Sanction. Now, usually you sanction a foreign country. You sanction Iran. 
You sanction Russia. You sanction China. You sanction enemies of the United States. You don't usually turn around and sanction a state, unless, right. of course, you're the Biden administration, where they use it like a dict- dictators do that. You know, you want to you want to do that to me? You know, people say, why didn't Biden, Biden go to East Palestine, Ohio? Because I think it was all politics. I think he said, well, what do they vote for? They voted for Trump, sir. Oh, really? Well, I think I'll wait. Um, send a little Pete Buttigieg up there and have him stumble around and pretend, okay? And that'll, that'll be fine. You know, I was thinking, you know what the ultimate thing? Biden hasn't announced when he's going to go back to uh, East Palestine. He said he's going to go back sometime, he thinks, in February, but he's not sure exactly the date. I was thinking, if I were Trump, I'd just uh, one day show up in East Palestine to do a follow-up. Just uh, to stop by. I was in the neighborhood. You guys okay? That would, uh, I think, put uh, a little fork in Biden's plans, if you know what I mean. Uh, yeah. And I wouldn't be Here's surprised a, if he does that. Yeah. Here's an interesting story, and I guess it's going to tie back to a story mm-hmm. earlier this week. Okay, what happened at a chicken ranch? Oh, big, big fire. Big fire. Okay. At the, and I think it was called, day- was it Feathers Crisp mm-hmm. Farm or something like that? And then what happened a couple of days later? Massive petroleum, natural gas fire uh, on the Oklahoma-Texas border, big time. All right. Now, and that was the end of January, right? That happened uh, three days ago. Three days ago. So today is the second. End of January. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Me me smells a rat here. Headline that uh, is buried uh, comes from Yahoo, actually. President Biden freezes Texas LNG exports, potentially impacting the state's economy, raising questions of whether it's a strategic move or message to Governor Abbott. It is their natural gas Well, exports. there's the sanction I was just talking about, Bill. There's the sanction. Remember I said I didn't yeah, know how to Yeah, that's how I found this. Yeah. I looked up the sanction. But, okay, what happened to Russia's gas line when uh, – we wanted to mess with it. Oh, well, they blew Russia it up. blew it up. It turned out we blew it up. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know where you're going with this. Uh, I don't think I need to connect those two dots no, because I'd be a conspiracy. You don't have to hit me in the head with a hammer too many times before I did know. We just did a, the government just blow up a pipeline on its own ground that happens to be tied to Texas, which is right there, you know, and just to send a message. You can't F with Joe Biden. Let me show you what I can do. Time for us to F, get Biden to F well, out of the Well, by the, the way, did you hear what he, Biden has gotten really good at describing uh, President Trump as being an, well, behind an, closed F, doors an effing especially. A, you know, an effing a-hole. And, uh, I mean, this is the kind of language this guy uses in private. He, oh, he's always been that way. He's a foul-mouthed bastard. And I just, <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but there's no other way to put it because he, he tries he to look actually, like he tries to look like everybody's grandfather, right? Uh, and he he's not that way. He's a he's a mean, he's a grumpy vindic- old man. vindictive guy. You get in his way, and uh, he, he'll come I'll after show you. you. Yep. I'll show you. I'll and by the way, right you know, he, he went out. He talked to the parents of the three service people who were killed this week. Uh, you know, in those attacks, 
And once again, he brought up uh, how he lost his son, Bo, uh, in, in Iraq. He didn't lose his son, Bo, in Iraq. Unfortunately, uh, his son, Bo, died from cancer five years after he got back from Iraq. But as far as Joe is concerned, never missed the opportunity to empathize with a victim by uh, stretching the truth, if you know what I mean. And that's what yeah. he does. He does that all the time. You know, I, t- I think that's terrible to, to take your dead son and to m- because he does manipulate care. Go back to his wife who was killed in the crash, and he was daddling around with Jill at the time. Wow. That's, if you go and look at that, and if you don't believe that, look at Jill's ex-husband who has the proof and said it, but, oh, he doesn't know any. He's a jilted lover. No, he's not. He's sitting there going, you know, he was he's a, he was a Democratic supporter that I believe, but he sat there and said, this is wrong. These two people are not what they purport to be. You know, we're, we're you know, these guys are posers, yeah. and they are evil, rotten, foul people run by even bigger evil, rotten, foul people. You know, they they really are threatened by Trump and uh, to a point where the media, uh, you have to understand, if you don't believe that the media is partisan and that they are on the side of the left, then you're not paying attention. If you think right. it's a, a, a level playing ground, uh, it, it's not. I mean, President Trump... Uh, was the darling of the media for literally decades when he was a young developer, a billionaire developer in New York. He was rich. He was handsome. He looked like uh, a movie star, and the media fawned and fell all all over themselves. Let me give you an example. When he did that uh, TV show, what was the TV show that he did? You know which one I'm talking about? uh, Oh, The Apprentice. The Apprentice. Thank you very much. When he did The Apprentice, and by the way, it was the number one show in its time slot. One of their biggest mm-hmm. products was The Apprentice. And then even when they got Arnold Schwarzenegger in there to uh, be the new host when Trump left, it never did the numbers that Donald Trump got for the show. Okay, so, but um, when he was doing hey, The Apprentice. The show is now. It's gone. When he was doing The Apprentice, the networks and the media loved Donald Trump. They wanted to be next to him. They wanted to rub rub elbows next to him. They wanted to write stories about him. They thought he was great. When he announced that he was going to be the Republican, that's right, with an R, a Republican candidate for the presidency, it was like somebody showed a picture of of, uh, a cross in front of Dracula. It was like, oh my God! They shunned away. They couldn't. They couldn't believe that he was stepping to the dark side and going to be the Republican presidential candidate. And from that point on, from that very point on, they started to write a different story about Donald Trump, a fictitious story, a fictional story about Donald Trump. Everything, everything that is bad with our society, in their minds, had to have some connection to Donald Trump. They still write their stories this way. They still will try to tie everything that's wrong in our country to Trump. It's just the way they do it because it's it's their it's their meaning for be their meaning for being. 
You know, it's it's why they exist. The media doesn't exist anymore to be the arbiters of truth and to to convey to the public uh, the real story. That's what they used to try to do. They used to tell us they were doing. But today, not anymore. Today, all they have, their whole purpose for being is to nail Donald Trump and the people who support him. I mean, listen to how Joe Biden talks about half, over half, of the people in the country. He calls us those those mean MAGA people. He he despises who we are and what we stand for. I mean, it's just the way, you know, it's, it's the way the guy is. I'm trying to look for a piece of audio. I had a piece of audio where... Yeah, this is this is the audio. Joe, right. This is uh, Joe talking about Trump and MAGA. We must be honest with each other and with ourselves. Too much of what's happening in our country today is not normal. Donald Trump and the MAGA Republicans represent an extremism that threatens the very foundations of our republic. Now, I want to be very clear, very clear up front. Not every Republican, not even the majority of Republicans are MAGA Republicans. Not every Republican embraces their extreme ideology. I know because I've been able to work with these mainstream Republicans. Yeah, baloney. Baloney. The fact of the matter is most of the Republican Party right now identify themselves as MAGA. And and the fact of the matter is MAGA means making America great again. That's it. That's the whole movement. That's the thing in the nutshell. It's no, there's no charter. There is no uh, banner that they carry. There's no special symbol. The closest thing they come to that is a red hat that says, make America great again on it. That's it. Yeah. But this guy is bound and determined to point to a group of people, of a group of Americans who don't stand with his dictatorial regime Right. And, ideology, yeah. and and to blame us for being something that we're not, mm-hmm. you know, all we are are American. We're people who served in the service. We're people who have had families. We're, we're people who are paying taxes. Who believe in the true history of America? You know, the Constitution, the Revolution, or the things that we were taught were supposed to mean something. This guy, he's selling us out, folks. At every damn opportunity, look at the border. Come on, even if you're a, even if you're a staunch leftist, even if you are a dot, you bleed blue. You just absolutely are a Democrat leftist. You have to be able to look at the border and say, "Well, that's not right." I mean, that doesn't seem right. They're just walking in here, and we don't know who these people are. And I mean, right. they're mostly military-aged men. You know, and when you hear about uh, police officers being attacked in in New York by military-aged men, you know, who are alone by themselves, and then when they then they disappear, they go off to California. They're not going to show up for hearings. You know, they're not they're not going back to their families or looking for a job. These are we have got. He's allowing a cancer, a social cancer, to fester in our in our country. He's trying to kill us as a country. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong? Things to make you go, no, you're not wrong at all. 
Uh, and I go back to that Texas thing, you know, and then you go, Nikki Haley's going, they ought to succeed. I think they ought, they ought to succeed. And, you know, if he blew up that, uh, that pipeline, which kind of looks like he did, uh, that's a threat. If they, if they decide to be their own country, that was a threat on a, a foreign country. That's an act of war. You know, yeah. he's, he, civil war. I mean, right se- now it's an act it's, of civil you know, war. Secession is a big deal. It was a big deal, by the way. Secession was a big deal in 1860, 1861. It wasn't taken lightly. Even the states that seceded from the country, they, mm-hmm. they did so. Um, it was the last-ditch thing. They didn't want to secede. You know, they wanted to have an opportunity to uh, voice their grievances. They're, but the thing was, they, were, they believed in slavery because slavery ran their industry. Their industry in the South was agriculture. It was cotton. And it, they, they had a cheap way of, uh, of working their businesses. You know, I mean, they, they could get people out in the fields in the hot sun for, for basically no pay. In the in the worst living conditions in our country at the time, good people who were trying to just exist, they would and think about it. The idea of slavery was so abhorrent. They would they would break up families. You know, if you had a, a father and a brother and a sister, and and people who you loved as a as a unit because everybody innately loves their family innately. It's when you when you're born into a group of people who share the same blood, you are you you got a bond. But in slavery, the owners would take the strong men and they mm. they bring them down to a, a a a store a storefront, you know, and they would sell them. And sometimes they would sell them to people from out of state. And what, when you moved out of state in those days, you never saw these people again. Nowadays. You want to go see a, a loved one in another state? You hop in your car and you take a, you know, a ten or twelve hour drive, and you're there. But in those days, if you were in South Carolina, and even if you took somebody from a family and moved them to a farm in North Carolina, there was a good chance you'd never see them again. You might as well take them to the other side of the planet, because there was no great transportation system back then, and you had to have money to move around. And slaves didn't have any money. So right. Lincoln and the Northerners, not all the Northerners, some of the Northerners were doing it because it was the right political thing to do at the time. Because politicians then are like politicians today. They vacillate based upon, you know, the current of uh, uh, the environment. The, in, you know, if, oh, people don't like slavery? Okay, then I won't like slavery. That kind of thing, you know. Um, but nowadays... Uh, we have a situation where I was looking at this guy. Uh, what's his name? Uh, is it? Is it? I think it's Bush. Uh, he, mm-hmm. uh, he's a representative. Ken. Oh, I'm sorry. His name is Ken Buck. I don't know why. I guess close well, enough. Buck Bush. Yeah, Ken Buck. Right. He just. He says. Uh, uh, I, 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 I won't vote to impeach Mayorkas. Uh, I mean, if I see other evidence, I'll look at it, but I don't see enough evidence to impeach him. You know, you have to be, you have to be as dumb as a box of rocks. You have to be the dumbest person in your, in your state to say that I don't see any evidence that Mayorkas has done anything wrong. Because all you have to do is look at the border, right? You look at the people he's allowed in. You look at the look at the fentanyl deaths. 
I mean, the thousands, the no, I, I forgot the age bracket, but it was like 18 to 40. The number one cause of death in our country is fentanyl overdosing. I couldn't believe it when I saw that statistic. I thought, you wait, with cancer and heart conditions and, and you know, road accidents, I thought they'd, they'd be one of the uh, big, uh, no, fentanyl overdosing. And who's causing that? It's Joseph Robinette Biden and Alejandro Mayorkas. And this idiot, this Republican idiot, Ken Buck, says, Oh, I don't see enough evidence to, uh, to throw uh, Mayorkas out yet. I'll look at other evidence if it comes along. You know, just because some of these guys get voted in doesn't automatically mean that they are great minds and great thinkers. Somebody even said, you know, what do they got in this guy, Buck? You know, have they got have they got something? Are they holding something over him? Are they bribing him? You know, did he go to the wrong party one night? And they took pictures of him wearing a lampshade and nothing else. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, uh, it, it, this is the kind of environment we're living in right now. But it, he's standing there in front of the camera on MSNBC, by the way, saying he's uh, not going to not going to vote to uh, impeach Mayorkas. And, you know, <laughs> The way the, the representatives are set up nowadays, you have, what, one vote, two votes difference? Yeah. So if this guy doesn't vote, it could make the difference between him being impeached or not. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and Republicans have done it to themselves. Now, I'm not saying we, the voting public, yeah. but we have been, we have been misled by, uh, you know, I think there's some people that are only there in name only, and they could be plants, you know, to, you know, this has been a long, ongoing effort. The only reason that things are coming unraveled is you got Trump unraveling things, and people are waking up going, wait a minute, this is not what I voted for. <laughs> yeah. Wait a damn minute here. Stop this bus. Open yeah. the doors. Let's take a look and see what's going on here. But, you know, so it goes, and... You're right. I, I saw a story that was interesting, mm -hmm. you know, and kind of a distraction here, but maybe not. So, you know, you win the lottery. What do you do? If I win the lottery, well, you'd have to get me off the respirator first. <laughs> I won what? The odds of me winning are slim and none. They say you have a much greater chance of being hit by lightning twice. Yeah. And I would That's get true. hit by lightning twice, trust me, before I win the lottery. So E. Jean Carroll won the, the Trump lottery, $83 million. million. Yeah. yeah, and, and, and mm -hmm. you know, she's not going to get paid right away. He doesn't have to pay her until he exhausts all of his appeals, yeah. and that could take a long time. Oh, so I think it's going to, yes. I think it's going to. So she's got no money. She didn't have any money before, and she doesn't have that money. But what does she do to celebrate? It's interesting. She throws a big star-studded party. Now, the mm -hmm. star-studded parties, I wouldn't call him a star, would be uh, Lawrence O'Donnell. Who uh, is a, a socialist. You know, He's, he has said, by the way, on television, that some, some anchors will describe themselves as being uh, leftist. Uh, he says, no, I'm a uh, socialist. Yeah. Lawrence O'Donnell. And he works for MSNBC. NBC. Yes. Yep. Yeah, now you got uh, Mary Klein from... That's another star from Saturday Night Live. Uh -huh. So she's a writer, I think, or Good. one of the stars. I don't know. That's NBC. I don't. I haven't seen it since uh, John Belushi 
Dan yeah. Aykroyd days, yes. Yeah, the, the the yeah the guys that had talent. So she's from NBC. Uh, you've got other writers from there, from NBC, that were there, and of course, some of the clowns that write all the Trump hit pieces mm-hmm. from the Washington Post, and I'm they're they're having a party celebrating. But that to me tells me all these people that spew out the negativity, yeah. Uh, They're the ones that are sitting there. They're the ones that created this mess. They're the ones that wrote the fiction. And who paid for the party? Trump's not paying for it. Uh, Well, it doesn't have the money yet. It was probably paid for by the, uh, I would think, by the the same guy who financed her her lawyers, the billionaire guy who financed her lawyers, uh, the guy who owns LinkedIn. You know, I can't go to that site anymore and use it because I just, I can't, I can't believe that. uh, he, this guy would be so partisan. But the site LinkedIn always seemed to be kind of neutral about stuff. It would seem to be fundamentally down the, the middle of the road. But this guy mm. is a leftist like you wouldn't believe. Uh, but, yeah, the party well, the party thing, Bill, uh, they called her an icon. The, the media, the media called E. Jean Carroll their icon at this party. Their icon. Well, yeah. then she's, she's, she's this close. To be in a Taylor Swift, because Taylor Swift, according to uh, Cheney, Liz Cheney, mm-hmm. is an American treasure. You know, because it, it, it's so. What do you think about this Biden? Taylor Swift? Uh, everyone's talking about Taylor Swift. I think it's a distraction. It's like I don't care who she votes for, who she endorses. Uh, I know that my granddaughter loves to go to her concerts. God bless her. Apparently, she puts on a heck of a show. I wish you'd stay out of the political field, but, you know, everything comes with a cost. And one of the things that I heard about uh, Taylor Swift is that one of her one of her companies, I guess she's her her organization is a bunch of different companies. Uh, One of her companies was bought out by George Soros. And when when George Soros buys into something, it isn't because he's he's really hooked on the entertainment value. He sees it as a political opportunity. So, uh, well, you know, and she she look, she she's been a Biden supporter all along. And so she always has. And, you know, bless her heart. That's she likes the guy and thinks he's the greatest thing since sliced bread. That's her opinion. Keep it to yourself, you know, to, or get a podcast and say, I'm hanging up my singing career right now and I'm going to do this political podcast. Don't intertwine them because. Now what you're doing is brainwashing, manipulating, and... and, and uh... You know, Bill, I used to love certain performers. Like, I used to like uh, to listen to Barbara Streisand songs before she became political. Unfortunately, now, every time I hear her voice, mm-hmm. I hear her politics, her rants, her, yeah. her but nonsense. But she made a lot of... She made a lot of money, so she doesn't care. Yeah. But my thing is, you know, they think that, that their their stardom gives them a political stage. It does, so to speak, because people, unfortunately, idealize stars. Well, they made it there. They're like gods, you know. And- well, you know, they, they aren't. Um, I've met, and I'm sure you have, too, in your career, a number mm-hmm. of celebrities and uh, they're always a disappointment in, in that when you get, when, when you, when you haven't met them, you just read about them or hear their music or hear their stories. You build this larger than life impression of who they are and what they stand for. 
Then sometimes when you meet them, you realize, my God, this is, they're just an empty suit. You know, they, they have nothing to offer. A lot of mm-hmm. athletes, by the way, I, I, a lot of athletes are that way. You, you know, you meet them in cripes. You, 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 you couldn't sit across the table and carry on a, a decent conversation with them because they have, they have nothing to offer. They're just, you know, they can tell you about uh, the most ridiculous things, and they're, I mean, many times they're juvenile. And, uh, but, you know, that, that's the society we live in. You know, look at, the mm-hmm. su- look at the Super Bowl. I was thinking about this. I've been around long enough to act- think about this. This is going to scare you folks. I can remember listening and watching the first Super Bowl, you know. Oh, my God. I, I think, and I, and I can remember watching, was it was Super Bowl three with, I think it was Joe Woolley Namath when the AFC beat, I think, the NFC. I've forgotten. It was, it was so long ago. But, uh, and it was a big deal because... The AFC was supposed to be the junior league, and, uh, you know, they, they show that they have just as good uh, players on their side as the other side. But so, you, you, but it was all about the football game back then. It was all about football. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, you turn on the Super Bowl, and, like, the most insignificant thing really about the whole event is the game. You want to watch the commercials. You want to watch uh, the sideshow. The people want to watch the halftime. Like the halftime shows are boring. It's like, who cares? I mean, do you really care about uh, some of the halftime shows? Some of them are terrible. You like to you like to talk to the guy who's in charge of the entertainment. Uh, they used to be. They had guys like uh, Paul McCartney do a halftime show. Great show. Used to be the Beach Boys, the Temptations. Remember the Motown. Halftime show. Uh, all these shows were really good entertainment, but now it's like it's just lights and, uh, you know, uh, pyrographics and all these things going on. And, and it's, it's a lot of nonsense. But again, the most insignificant thing, the game, I, I sometimes think to myself, like a month or so after the game, I can't remember who won, you know, and I watched it. And I, I'm, I love to watch football. It's like I think the in in the game of football the the most fun is watching the playoff games. Those watching that's the, because they're still kind of talking about football, but the actual yeah. the, you know the Super Bowl itself, forget it. It's like who well, cares? Well, they've been playing at the Taylor Swift story for a while, and it's almost like they're shifting away from the game to this entertainment thing. Well, what's she gonna do? What's she gonna do? Yeah. And, you know, is it really like she's even said in interviews? Well, they told me to date the guy; it'd be good for your career, and I want to make my career as big as I can. She is on an ego trip, and you know she has a lot of control. She could do the Grammys this Sunday. You watch; she is going to be the one that takes the crown, the golden crown of uh, you know the, the the you know she's best gonna, singer, best performer, best entertainer. I I stopped to, watching the Grammys twenty years ago. And she I was is in going the to unseat uh, Frank Sinatra and Stevie Wonder, and those guys were stylists. She's not a stylist. As a matter of fact, pop music today and music today, you don't have the lady singing in the church choir that you know did a little benefits yeah. and works her way up because she's truly talented. You've got to fit into a mold. You mean like that, the like the Dion Warwick's and the Aretha Franklins? And even the Whitney Houston's and the Thelma Houston's, 
you talk about choirs, people singing in churches. That's exactly what you're talking about. Nowadays, it's uh, all packaged. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned Aretha. I mean, you know, you you look at her. She was sing, singing as, you know, uh, a young little girl and playing that piano, and she had songs that that came out that didn't make it. They were good songs, mm-hmm. but she, she was focusing on on redoing old tunes and they changed it but my point is what you heard in her voice came from the fact that she did you know grow up in the church now i'm not saying that as a benevolent thing you know or very reverent thing you know there if you read the story and know the story there was a lot of hardships and these young women were raped by the preachers and and whatnot at a very young tender age but it did shape what you the the life the life story that they projected in their voice their energy their music but they you know they sang a story taylor just you know yeah she can sing notes but it's all prescribed and all carved and it's not what it used to be and no music you want you want to see where she coming comes from i saw an article uh when she, and I guess, how long has she been around? About 15 years, 20 years, Taylor Swift. Um, when she first started to show up on the on the uh, the stage, so to speak, her 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 whole performance could be put on the back of a flatbed truck. I mean, she had a band. She had a a sign that literally hung off the truck that said Taylor Swift, and she would pull into, a, I guess, a fairground or something like that, and she would perform, and uh, she would hope that people would show up in front of her her stage, you know. Uh, but you look at her now, and she goes to, like, Gillette Stadium and Foxborough and fills every seat plus for multiple shows. Um, you know, you wonder, did did it just grow, or is there something more behind her? And I do think it's something more behind it. There's money behind oh, yeah. it. Promotion, money. People uh, you know, were encouraged to play her songs. They talk about Paolo. When I was a young disc jockey, I, we did, I didn't see it. But just before my era, just before, um, there was the Paolo scandals in broadcasting where they mm-hmm. paid off the disc jockeys to play songs. And then that came, supposedly stopped it. He didn't stop it. They no, just figured out another way on. to pay him. Yeah, it, it went on. I mean, it, uh, and I don't know that it's going on today, but it probably is because even with the, the, the change of the makeup of everything, there's ways. To, well, right now, the, the industry was supposedly dead because of the Internet, but they came back and reinvented themselves, and uh, they've gotten even bigger and more evil. But now the music's controlled. It's you got to fit a formula. It's not... The Johnny Cashes of the world and, you know, the other people that had a message to sing, you couldn't get those songs done today. They wouldn't hear of it. Uh, look at, uh, I'm mentioning country people, uh, John Rich. You know, even, and he's a, he's a very conservative, conservative person. But his songs anymore would be a no-no. I mean, you, when you he was. can't do them. This is a guy who was a, a superstar with Big and Rich. And, um. I guess they they broke up, and he had success with other labels. But he started to speak his politics, unlike uh, the left, 
When you speak your politics on the left, they give you more stuff. When you speak your politics and you're, you're speaking on the right, they take your stuff away. Uh, record labels, things like that start to disappear. Uh, recording opportunities, uh, personal appearances dry up. These kind of things. It's subtle, but it does happen. But fortunately, nowadays, a guy like John Rich, he can write a great song, produce it in his own studio. He can then release it to uh, iTunes or uh, some some other uh, site. His fan base is big enough that he yeah. keeps on rocking. but Makes millions. But the guy in the garage or the gal in the garage or in their room trying to mm-hmm. do something, record label's not going to touch them. You're going to have to go ahead and break that barrier on your own via the Internet, building your fans. And when you get to a point and a level where they go, we got to look at them because we can make them big, they're going to come and talk to you and say, yes, we'd like to have you, but these are the rules. These are our rules. Now, if you're going to support somebody, so you know, if, if you can't report, uh, support someone conservative, then why can Taylor Swift get away with going, well, I'm Biden, 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 riding with Biden. I'm Biden. You know, yeah. that's what she's doing. And I'm sitting here going, it, it shows a political agenda and a it mindset. Um, I was just looking at the clock. We've, we've done a lot of, it's been an interesting show today. Um, 150 House Democrats, including Democratic leader Hakeem Jeffries, they voted against a bill to deport illegals who are caught driving while drunk. Think about that for a second. Think about that for a second. I mean, if you're illegal and you're driving, first of all, why are you driving in this country if you're illegal? I'm just saying. I mean, do you have insurance? Is there is there some kind of who's insuring these people? I I know that if I get into an accident and my insurance is lapsed, I'm in trouble. In my state, you know, driving around with no insurance. But I mean, apparently, if you're illegal, well, it's okay. You can drive a car, no big thing. Well, and you're by the entitled, way, so you can get away with it. And if you want to uh, drive down to your local pub and have a few pops, and then go drive drunk, and then you get into an accident, well, we're not going to deport you. Don't worry about it. It's just no big deal because. All the Democrats, 150 of them, voted not to deport you. Now, the good news is that the majority in the House is still Republican, and they voted uh, to put that bill into action, you know, to, to deport them. So now it has, to, it has to go to the Senate, so don't hold your breath. You know, the Senate, uh, they always, given the opportunity to do the right or wrong thing, Nine times out of ten, the Senate will do the wrong thing. That's just what what they do now. It's like in their DNA. So the mm-hmm. the, the obvious thing would be if a, an illegal is driving drunk, you send them back to Venezuela, right? But yeah. the Senate won't do that because, I mean, how does 150 Democrats in the House who voted against that, how do they, how do they come to, uh, to do that? How do, they, how do they justify not voting for that bill? I don't know. I mean, if you were had a child who was in an accident, if you had a child who was in an accident, hit by an illegal who was drunk, mm-hmm. wouldn't you think that the the government would uh, have your back? But apparently, the Democrats don't. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. A couple of court things that are going on. You know, the uh, the the interference uh, uh, case that's going on in uh, D.C. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chutkin. It's been set oh, aside. Yeah, it's yeah. off. 
It's off the books now until after the election, or it's off the books until right before the election. Yeah. It's off the dockets, I should say, to be tried because of other important cases. So why, she has why, no saying it. Why would they do that? I mean, and they did it without any fanfare, just sort of like. Well, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking that, you know, they know it's a BS case. But they and they know dragging it out now, it's it's actually feeding the frenzy of Trump, 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 Trump. Mm-hmm. All right, you know what? Let's back off. Let's let this kind of simmer for a while, and then we'll bring it back with reworded. Oh, we have new evidence now, yeah. and it has to go back on the books. And they'll do it right before the election, hoping that that will cause a pause. In the Trump growth, I don't know. I'm speculating. Well, it's kind of on like that. what you're saying about Mar-a-Lago, right now. That you you talked earlier in the you're show right. about some story about there was a, yeah. a hidden room they didn't inspect, a hidden yeah. room. <laughs> but they were quick to get to Melania's underwear. It yeah. tells me where their uh, priorities are. And you know, in the E. Jean Carroll thing, mm-hmm. statue of limitations, the whole nine yards, yada 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 yada. But they. They opened up the statute of limitations just for that case and then shut the window. But they may open up it again so as soon as she kind of remembers anything else that could be so that they can go back and slap them again. That's all it is. They're bitch slapping them is what they're doing. Mm-hmm. But the, remember the still dossier, and that was something that— Unbelievable. You know, the what was it, uh, Christopher Steele? Pro- proven Steele to be dot- a lie. Yeah, Cro- proven, proven to be a lie. Proven to be a lie that, uh, that uh, and uh, Hillary still talks about it to this day, and she was the one that took it and yeah. trumpeted that around, but it was proven to be a lie. Now, Christopher Steele started his own investigation firm, and they're the ones that came out with the story. Well, someone said, someone said, someone said. Yeah. It was debunked, turned out to be not true. Trump decided to sue him. Now, he has to sue him. In Britain, yeah, all right. It was the the case was tossed out. Why is and that? The reason was not because it was unfounded. The reason was, oh, uh, you see, in Britain, mm-hmm. like the United States, they have a statute of limitations. It was six years, and you didn't quite get it in course. on time. Of course, yes. Of course, she didn't have evidence then uh, to prove yeah. that it was stolen. But either way. Six years is up. Sorry, can't yeah. do it. Yeah, yeah you gotta. Love Funny these. how the rules work for one side, but don't work for the other side. You gotta love these people, don't you? I mean, how they manipulate things and how we're expected. The public is, is, is we are. They think little of us, folks. Okay, the other side thinks we're dumb as a box of rocks. Okay, let's let's be honest. They look at us and think, ah, the public can be manipulated. And and trust me, if they seem to be looking at something too much, well, we'll find some nice shiny object and we'll 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 wiggle it in front of them, and they'll be distracted. Trust me, right? That's going to happen again. It's going to happen many times between now and twenty twenty four election. It's going to happen. You know, it may happen this weekend at the border. You know, when things mm-hmm. things are going to hell, by the way, in the Middle East, big time. They keep saying, you know. We're on the verge of uh, some major uh, uh, attack against uh, some Iranian faction in the Middle East for what they did to our three service people. It's going to happen at any time, but we're not going to telegraph what we're going to do. We're going to keep it a secret. We'll do it when we think it's right for us. That's what we hear from the administration. Yeah. Well, you know what? There are things at play. You've got the border going on. You've got uh, war in the middle, uh, well, with Russia possibly going on in the Middle East. 
you know, you name it, we are on the tip of everything just blowing up. Could happen at any time. But the truth of the matter is, if we go to war or chaos breaks out anywhere, mm -hmm. you don't have to worry about uh, waiting for the news to tell it uh, because your lion eyes, it'll happen right before them, and you will be the source of the news because you're going to witness it happening because our government is doing nothing to stop it. If anything, they're doing stuff to initiate it. And I guarantee that that thing I saw on that pipeline yeah. and you were talking about Boy, what that's they were amazing. doing again. Yeah, but if you look at the history there, if I piece that together in 30 seconds of going, wait a minute, you mentioned that. Oh, well, now that's interesting. We're not the only ones that are going to tie those two pieces of string together and make a nice little shoelace. You know, the government, to me, it's kind of obvious that they had a hand in that, and that's what it is because nobody knows what happened. Well, how did that gas line go up? Well, think of it, Bill. I've been watching the news all for the past two days and nothing. They, they're not talking about that uh, explosion on the uh, uh, big, no. huge pipeline down in the Oklahoma-Texas border. Nothing. Did Crickets. they put it out? Did they not put it out? When they put it out, are they going to say, well, there were some explosives or this yeah. or that? Let it go now, there away. There may not have been. There's, there's other ways to make things go boom and you know, have, you know, no definitive answer as to why it did. Well, it was just probably, you know, maybe atmospheric, little static electricity in the air. There was a minor fracture in the pipe and boom. I don't buy that, but, you know, there, yeah. there would be some kind of logical, thinly logical explanation. Uh -huh. My question is now, how much television coverage will there be over the weekend uh, of this uh, trucker rally on the border. You would think that they would have the the major cable networks would have crews down there, live coverage. Uh, it's a big event. It's a big event, well, and, and it may be a flashpoint. And if they have no coverage, if you can't find anything from those rallies, then that speaks volumes as to who's controlling the media. Well, Texas is a big state. So to know exactly where the flashpoint is going to be is next to impossible. So if a news crew was right there on the spot from NBC, ABC, or CBS, or all of them, mm. at the exact moment it happens, they would tip. You can yeah, they were, it's a setup. You know, the, the, there's bad actors there, and I'm not talking about the truckers or bikers or everyday people that are there, it's going to be a January 6th all over again. Uh, you know, th this is going to be, you know, a Texas massacre. I so, want to play before we sign off today uh, sure. a little audio from, uh, to, to kind of make you smile. It made me smile. Um, East Palestine Mayor Trent Conaway has right. openly criticized Joe Biden for his delayed response to the catastrophic train derailment that struck the town a year ago tomorrow. Okay, a year ago tomorrow. It's been a year, folks. Uh, Conaway's scathing remarks came as the White House announced Biden's intended visit to uh, East Palestine sometime in February. They can't really pin it down. They can tell you that he's probably going to Delaware this weekend, but as far as going to East Palestine, well, uh, we got to figure that one out. That's a little complicated. But anyway... 
I want you to listen to what the mayor of East Palestine said. You know, about four weeks ago, the East Palestine mayor uh, released a statement about this possibly happening. The president is always welcome to our town, he said. That being said, I don't know what he would do here now. We're going on a year and nothing from the White House. The best time for him to come would be February of 2025 when he's on his book tour. Kelly Saberia, Fox Business, caught up with him after the news today. Take a listen. I wrote a letter to him uh, about a month ago saying that, you know, I think he needed to come. And you know, I was gracious in the letter. Uh, I think he needs to see what's going on here. Do you still stand by that comment about the book tour? I 100% stand by the comment about the book tour. I, I think that's the best time for him. Him personally is, hit, you know, his Joe Biden. That's the best time for Joe Biden to come. Uh, I think the best time for him to come would have been whenever he, you know, whenever this happened. I mean, that's he should come on his book tour. What he's saying is don't come in February. Come after you've uh, left the White House. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was clever. Um, and, I, and I absolutely agree with him. This guy is a day late and a dollar short. <laughs> well, how do you know he's going to be there? You know, oh, I'm going there. But, you know, he's still got to get there. Yeah. And yep. it's not number one on his agenda. They just know they got to do it. But if something can happen to prevent him from going there, because it's going to be bad news for him to go there no matter what. He's not going to be well received. I pray you to know? God that this weekend is not the fuse to a civil war. I really do. I really, yeah. I, I, I'm concerned because you have the Texas National Guard. You, by the way, Florida just sent a contingent of their National Guard to mm. uh, to Texas to support Texas. Uh, you have a bunch of armed groups down there, and if uh, Biden decides to send in the military, uh, God only knows where this is going to go. Uh, I should point out if you want to contact us, our number is eight three three. Five three eight seven eight six eight eight three three five three eight seven eight six eight. Jim and Bill at mail dot com. Jim and Bill at mail dot com. Mail at Jim and Bill dot com. We uh, are on uh, well social media. You can mm-hmm. find us on Facebook. Just look for it's another day, and you will find us there. We're on the X. Uh, uh, X. We're everywhere. Com. We're everywhere. Chicken man. Yeah. Yeah. That's going the, back. Uh, We're getting people to remember that the chicken man, that was a great uh, little syndicated series on, on radio back in the well, 60s. He's in the white house now, the chicken man, but anyway, <laughs> ever seen him walk? He does kind of resemble the yeah, chicken man. He really man. does, yeah. you know, but, uh, yeah, anyway, uh, X.com at, uh, Jim and Bill now. Uh, that's how you find us there. But other than that, for Wait, Groundhog before, Day. Before we, before we sign off, uh, we'll be back tomorrow for an update. Uh, hopefully we won't have anything dramatic to talk about, but we will be here, right? And, and yeah, we will. And maybe I'll share one of my Groundhog recipes. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to do uh, Groundhog <laughs> stew. Uh, well, I got Groundhog cookie recipes here, really? cupcakes. You know they say um, about so- Groundhog recipes, so they keep coming back over and over again, you know. They, yeah, they really well. You know, you got the smeared hog with groundhog gravy a la carte. Oh, that sounds that sounds delicious. Shaved groundhog, and you know, you got some. Uh-huh. You know the the big potato fries, and oh. you got some sugar beets and oh, carrots yeah. and green beans. And, yeah, and, you and know. groundhog gravy. Groundhog gravy. <laughs> yes, indeed, they do have that. You know, so sounds diced up vegetables. Yeah, it really does. So yeah. Ooh. Mm. <laughs> You know, I'm going to rush out and make me a, a whole plate of that stuff. 
Well, you know, there's nothing like, you know, a Saturdays after Groundhog Day when you have groundhog leftovers. <laughs> and if you go to Grandma's house and she brings out, Honey, I got some nice shaved groundhog for you. Just do this. Hasta la vista, baby. I'm out of here. This is CRN America. These days, when you want an answer about just about anything, you ask Alexa. You ask her about the weather. You ask her who won your favorite sporting event. You ask her to find a fact that you can't find anywhere. Well, we did that too. We asked her how many people have downloaded itsanotherday.com. And this is what she said. From acceleration.com. It has been downloaded as much as 260,433,467 times. I know. Seems like a lot. Seems like a lot to us, too. But it's Alexa. Thanks for making us a part of your day. And tell your friends about itsanotherday.com. We could use an extra listener. I mean, what do you do when you only have 260 million?